Welcome to Aphesis Church Podcast Channel. If you're in Columbia, South Carolina area, we would love to get to know you better and for you to experience what Aphesis is all about. If you would like more information about us, please visit our website at aphesischurch.com. It is our prayer that this message truly speaks to you. God bless. you to continue to God and grow in us. Your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. So um, my opening scripture today is Ezekiel 22 verses 29 through 30. The people of the land have used oppressions, committed robbery, and mistreated the poor and needy, and they wrongfully oppressed the stranger. So I sought for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it, but I found no one. Just want to talk to you for a few minutes this morning about uh, tying my message, standing in the gap. You can be seated. So just to give you context of of this message in um, Ezekiel chapter 22, God is pretty much telling Ezekiel how bad Jerusalem has gotten spiritually, how disobedient they've become. So um, what I want to talk to you about are three different gaps that we want to stand in. And the first one being standing in the gap as a protector. So I have you seated. I picked the shortest verse while you were standing because um, I got a lot of scripture and the next one's going to be pretty long. Numbers 22, 21 through 27. So Balaam rose in the morning, saddled his donkey, and went with the princess of Moab. Then God's anger was aroused because he went, and the angel of the Lord took his stand in the way as an adversary against him. And he was riding on his donkey. And his two servants were with him. Now the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way with his drawn sword in his hand. And the donkey turned aside out of the way and went into the field. So Balaam struck the donkey to turn her back onto the road. Then the angel of the Lord stood in a narrow path between the vineyards with a wall on this side and a wall on that side. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she pushed herself against the wall and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall. So he struck her again. Then the angel of the Lord went further and stood in a narrow place where there was no way to turn either to the right hand or to the left. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she lay down under Balaam. So Balaam's anger was aroused, and he struck the donkey with his staff. Now we're going to skip to verse 31. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way with his sword drawn in his hand, and he bowed his head and fell flat on his face. And the angel of the Lord said to him, Why have you struck your donkey these three times? Behold, I have come out to stand against you because your way is perverse before me. The donkey saw me and turned aside these three times. If she had not turned aside from me, surely I would have killed you by now and let her live. So, the first thing that we see is the angel of the Lord standing in the way to kill Balaam because the way he had chosen, the decision that he had made, what he had decided to do in his heart was against God's will. It was disobedient. Um, God told Balaam that he was not to go with Balak or go meet with Balak, the king of, Mo- the king of Moab, because Balak wanted Balaam to curse Israel. Um, God told Israel, this is, this is my chosen people. You know, they are blessed people, so you are not to speak anything against them. And knowing that Israel is God's chosen people, Balaam couldn't say anything against them, right? Um, it was just out of fear that the king of Moab, you know, they, they had heard about 
Israel. They had heard about the people they already defeated. They, and then you see this great multitude coming towards you. And the only thing you can do is panic. And like, help me, you know, like call the man of God so that he can call a curse on his people and we can defend ourselves. But obviously couldn't do that with Israel being God's chosen. But then the king of Moab offered Balaam anything he wanted. Like, you know, I, I give you anything, just come meet with me. That's um, something I realized when it came to me last night when I was reading over, over my, what I had prepared. Um, I was always thinking that, you know, why was God angry when he told him to go? But then when I, I thought about it as, as a parent, God being all our fathers, I thought about it like, well, how many times do our kids ask us, ask us for something and we say no, but then they linger around? Like, I'm going to ask again later. Um, I, I know our kids, especially Ani, she's infamous for this. You know, she asks for something, I say no. Then she come back to my office, and she just looks at me. She just stands there. <sighs> <sighs> what do you want? <laughs> Nothing. So it's like, so then, then you know, being... So then God's just, you know, he, you know, you think about it from a father's standpoint, God's just fed up. Like, you know what? Fine, go. Because what, what Balaam did was like just a, a, a kid move. Told them, you know what? Stay another night, and then I go back and ask. And K. Cole, he, he'll do that. Like, can anybody, was like, all right, look, nobody stays tonight. Then you look in at the clock, 11 o'clock at night, friends are still here. Like, I know this boy is about to come and ask again if they can spend the night. I already said no. <laughs> but you know what? Fine, they can stay. And what I do this morning, I went, to, went, knocked on the door, hey, get ready. We're all going to church. Like, this is part of it. You guys that are not ready, you're welcome to come as you are. <laughs> like, hey, it's the consequence of your asking. So God tells him, God, I can see God being, I already said no, so why are you even coming back to me? Why are you trying to put me in this position? But go ahead, fine. And you, I, <laughs> and he's like, I don't agree. I already told you no. And here we are revisiting the conversation, right? And you're here looking for a different answer when I already gave you one. But now you have to be punished. And but as I, but it, but what we see is it was the donkey standing in the way as the protector. So the second thing we see is the donkey could see what Balaam could not see. And the donkey was trying to protect Balaam in spite of the punishment and hurt it received. The Lord opens the donkey's mouth so that he could speak and it noted their, their relationship between the donkey and Balaam in verse 30, saying, am I not your donkey on which you have ridden? Ever since I became yours to this day, was I ever disposed to do this to you? Basically, in, in modern terms, it, you know, I've known you since way back when, have, you, have I ever done you dirty? Right. Come on, man. I'm on your side. I'm with you. Sure. You, know, you, know I, you know this ain't me. You know I wouldn't do you like that. <laughs> so the point I'm trying to make as, is on this one, standing in the gap as a protector, as parents, ministers, aunties, uncles, grandparents, we have seen and experienced the world, and we want to stand in the gap between our children and the dangers of the world. We can see how they are behaving. We see who they're hanging around with. We see the places that they're going, and even though they don't see the danger ahead. Um, so when we tell them, you know, don't go there, don't do this, um, don't, don't talk that way, don't act that way, it's because we've seen the results of being in the wrong place at the wrong time. 
we can see how they're behaving, we, who they are hanging around, the places they're going, even though they don't see the danger. We know how perception can damage a relationship, um, how it can damage a rep reputation. We know how temptation begins at what seems to be small and harmless, but we know it, leads to, it can lead to damnation and hurt. So let me tell you that there's nothing wrong with acting a donkey for your children. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Sometimes you gotta act a donkey, you gotta act a fool for your loved one's benefit. <laughs> uh, they might call us names behind our back. They might hurt our feelings in the end. Just like, the, just like um, you know, the donkey hurt Balaam, and I mean Balaam hurt the donkey by punishing him for him, trying to protect him. But one day their eyes will be open. You know, one day they'll see what, what we saw blocking their way. Amen? The next pillar, is, um, stand in the gap as a pillar. Exodus 13, 21 through 22. And the Lord went before them in a pillar of cloud to lead the way, and a pillar of fire to give them light, so as to go by day and night. He did not take away the pillar of cloud by day or the pillar of fire by night from before the people. So during the day, the Spirit of the Lord is with us. And during the night, He is the light keeping us out of the darkness. Amen? When we set ourselves as godly pillars in our loved one's life, we are that example that guide them along their way. Day and night, they will hear, hear our voice and see us in an example. Remember the saying, what would Jesus do? Right? Uh, I don't hear that too often anymore. Now I hear more, I do what I want. I say it a lot. I do what I want. <laughs> Mostly in the military context. Like, Sir, you can't do that. I do what I want. <laughs> but I, I pray for a return of a day when we treated others the way we want to be treated. A day when people considered their actions before they made a decision. A day when we had God, we, uh, I pray that we return to a day when we have godly pillars that we can look up to and say, this is the example that I'm following, a godly example. The same way God was a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire, we also have to be pillars between the church and the world. My brother Eric, um, that they couldn't make it. Uh, my, my oldest nephew, Tristan, is um, graduating from high school, so they had all their little senior things. So he couldn't, they, didn't, they decided to stay home and be with him this weekend. But he's one of those godly pillars between the community and the, and the church. Uh, you have where he's involved in so many uh, fundraising activities. He's on the Chamber of Commerce. He, um, he's involved with the youth of their church. I'm always in awe of him when I see uh, a newspaper article or a, uh, a online post where these different things that he's involved. Cause he's he's a godly example. Most importantly, he's a godly father and husband that's leading his family. We, as we walk in this world, we have faith that God is standing between us and those who that who are harmers. We too must be pillars that others can look to for protection and guidance. We have to be a strong tower for those to run to during the challenging times. But we also must be careful which pillars we are leaning on. Every pillar wasn't built to sustain the, um, a lot of weight, weights of the world. When we look at Judges 16 and 26, then Samson said to the lad who held him by the hand, let me feel the pillars which support the temple so that I can lean on them. And then we know that, so we know that Samson he, he reached out and he uh, pulled the pillars and he killed more Philistines in that day, in that act, than he did in his entire life. 
So what, what I realized is when you remove the pillars, the praying parents, the Sunday school teachers, the most important piece, the chastisement and conviction of being in the truth, when you take away those pillars, you don't know how many people you are affecting. Right. What well, seems like a pebble into an ocean, you don't know the ripple, how big that wave gets and how much damage it can do. Uh, it could be, it could, it's not always immediate. Your actions aren't always immediate. Years down the road, you see something that you did a long time ago, how it built and built and built and eventually destroys. Third one, standing in, standing in the gap. I'm sorry, go back. Does it still take a village to raise a family? I have a village. I'm, I'm, I'm proud to have my, a piece of my village here <laughs> today. Um, the Barkers have a village. If you ever seen their whole crew <laughs> pull up in the church van, the other church, church van. <laughs> it doesn't have absences on it, but it's still a church van. Fellow <laughs> church folks. But it takes all of us to raise our, our children. And it takes all of you. The pillars of the church, when, and when I say the church, you know, we, I'm not talking about these walls. We're the church in here and we're the church out in the parking lot. I need people that I can text and say that I'm having a rough day, I'm having a rough week, something's weighing on my heart, and people that are, will pick up the phone and call back, say, brother, what's going on? Right. You know, when, I need those people in my life that when they, they see that they can look at me, and we're so, because we're so connected, they can see that there's something going on. Hey, is everything all right? Uh, people that are call right away and pray over the phone. And that, that's who we should be as a village, you know, completely in tune with each other where if I see you walk out the church, I'm, I'm not, and if, you, if you're walking out, you got your phone, okay, he's handling business. But if you just walk out to take a breath, you know, step, step outside the church and say, hey, bro, what's going on? Is everything okay? Do we need to talk? Do we need to pray? That's the kind of village life that, that's the village that we need. The, so the third gap is standing in the gap as a priest. Exodus 32, 7 through 14. And the Lord said to Moses, Go, get down, for your people whom you brought out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. They have made themselves a molded calf and worshipped it and sacrificed to it and said, This is your God, O Israel, that brought you out of the land of Egypt. And the Lord said to Moses, I have seen this people, and indeed it is a stiff-necked people. Therefore, let me alone, that my wrath may burn hot against them, and I may consume them, and I will make of you a great nation. So this time we see, it, but it was Moses that stood in the gap as their priest. And turned the Lord's anger away from the people. Moses pleaded with the Lord not to destroy them so that the nations would not have the opportunity to speak against the Lord. They wouldn't have the opportunity to say the Lord couldn't do what he promised. Uh, that, and that's what Moses reminded him. Like, if you do this, then the other nations would say he destroyed them because he couldn't keep his promise. We know that's silliness because God can't lie. God is going to fulfill every one of his promises. Um, so in Psalms 106, 23, it says, Therefore he said that he would destroy them had not Moses, his chosen one, stood before him in the breach to turn away his wrath lest he destroy them. Uh, even after Moses stood in the gap 
and pleaded for the people. He then turned around after God said, okay, fine. Moses turned around and chastised the people. Right. On his order, over uh, 3,000 people were killed for worshiping that molded cat. This shows, how, this shows how important it is to have a man or woman of God standing in the gap between God and us. I can't tell you how many times I should have been killed for my sins, but I always knew that I had a mother, a mother who served as my priest standing in the gap between me and God, praying for my sins. I can't tell you how many times she went before our pastor back in Newport News for me and my brother to stand in the gap. And, and now, as we stand as priests of our own houses, pleading with God to protect our children every time they're out of our immediate vicinity, anytime they're out of our house, praying for that protection, praying that God forgives their sins, God in their steps, ordering their way. And like Moses, we have to turn towards them and correct them and chastise them. It's not about just going before God and asking him for this protection and asking him for, for, for their forgiveness. We then have to turn around and make sure they understand this is not God's way. This is not right. I completely get why Job feared so much for his children. I mean, it is living, living this life, trying to raise a family to see eternity. It's... It's, it's, it's hurtful, <laughs> it's terrifying, but at the same time, I know it has to be done. Until, they get, until their eyes are open and they can see the truth, it has to be us standing in the gap. Watching my loved ones uh, live a life that I don't believe is in line with, with what God commands is just, it's one of the scariest things ever to me. Um, and it hurts to the core to see that and then realize that the example that I set might not be the strongest example. The examples that I set years ago are, could be why they are the way they are now. Those, it's so easy to live in the world. And so when, when and, and that's what I go back to is like, okay, why is this happening? Look at well, what seed did I plant? Never mind what I'm doing now and the, and the minister that I'm trying to be now. What seed did I plant years ago that 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 grew and grew and grew? Because the world is it's desirable. <laughs> the the world is, that temptation of being in the world is so strong. It's always easier to grow that than it is to water the to water the spirit of truth, to, war, to water Christianity. Um, as we prepare to dedicate my granddaughter, Journey, um, this is my, that's my message to Rayshawn and Sammy, and I know Pastor's gonna speak on it later. You have to stand in the gap. You have to protect God and leader, and the best way to do that is through your own example. Every decision that you make will affect her. You just don't know when. Um, she needs strong, God-fearing men and women, most importantly, parents that she can lean on. And here's the thing about the protector, the pillow, the priest, um, that the people we are standing in the gap for, the, long, the loved ones behind us, are looking the same, way, same direction that we are. As they stand behind us, whatever we're looking at, they're looking at. 
if the church, if at the church we're grabbing our things and we're headed out the door, like let's hurry up, let's beat the lunch crowd, the game is about to start, I gotta go here, I gotta go there. If that's what we're doing, they're doing the same thing. They're right behind us and they see that, the, that we're headed towards the world. So now, instead of the altar getting the, the altar and God getting the honor, the world has become more important. The world becomes the priority. And that's what they see. If, we are on the, if we're on the fence, trying to balance being a worldly Christian, if that's a thing, if we're standing on, if we're standing on that fence, they're standing in sin. Like I said, it's easier <laughs> to stand on that side. Well, I point this way, not towards the altar. It's easier to stand on this side than it is on this side. You understand what I'm saying? But if they, they're, they're, they're watching us and waiting for us to make a decision while we're trying to do this balancing act between the church and the world. But if we're coming towards the altar with our hands raised, they're behind us seeing that God gets the glory. God is the reason why we exist, why we prosper, why we're blessed, why we're protected. When they see us kneeling this way, looking up this way, they're doing the same thing. You know, as if you, if you watch, if you watch the kids um, spread out all through the crowd when they get in here, <laughs> you, um, I notice the ones that they're watching a godly father clap his hands, raise his hands, and they're clapping their hands and raising their hands. When when the mother's at the altar and the kids come up and they're at the altar. Right. They're watching. And as we look back at the at a portion of the opening text, Ezekiel 22 and 30. So I sought for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it. We have to finish the wall around our families. God is searching for Sunday school teachers that plant the word of God in our children. God is searching for bankers, servers, bus drivers, doctors, counselors, supervisors, workers to a point in the cities and communities that we, that will boldly say that we are apostolic. Right. And not just say it, but live up to it. Uh, presenting themselves as Christians. Yes. God is searching for people willing to stand in the gap before him on behalf of the land. So the question is, are we those people? Who do we have in here? Um, brother, brother Hill, standing in the gap as a service member and a minister. Come on up, Brother Hill. <laughs> a pillar in the government and the church. Amen. Uh, brother Stephen, a teacher, standing in the gap as a pillar in the community right. and the church. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, brothers and sisters are not here, but standing in the gap as physicians and ministers. Right. Pillars in the community and the church. Brother Foster, come on up. <laughs> standing in the gap as a businessman yes. and a minister in the church. Yes. Amen? Amen? So as we, as we start to build and complete this gap in the community, just moving in closer together, locking hands, outlining the, the entire church with people, yeah. men and women. Yeah. This, this wall, you know, that's the importance of what God was looking, looking at and who's going to fill the gap to complete the wall. Yes. No, because the, the, the wall, when it's strong, backed by strong pillars, yes. 
it can't be penetrated by the temptations of the world. Right. It can't be penetrated by the attacks that the enemy might right. per, might come against it. Yeah. You know, we can knock down those siege ramps that come before us because the wall of this church and what's protecting our children and it's protecting the entire congregation, the village, is strong. Right. Amen? Amen. Yes. We can all stand. The wall protects the church village. Yes. Amen. Yes. The village raises the children. And I and that's what I pray today that we continue to fill in the gaps around our our village. We continue to and as we protect our village and we raise our village, it, it, it obviously expands. Babies here, baby there, babies all over there. As long as we are as long as we are presenting ourselves as godly pillars, as long as we are, as long as we are holding them accountable, chastising them, letting them know that, you know, standing between God and them, pleading with God to forgive them, pleading with God to protect them and save them, and then turn around and correcting them, chastising them, they're going to, they grow and add to our wall so that we can expand this village. Yes. Amen? Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, Thank you. I ask you to present, to build up, to establish pillars in our church. We ask you to, I ask you to plant pillars in this community that are God-fearing, that are loyal to you, Lord Jesus. We need you. We need your love. We need your protection. But, Lord, we also need your conviction in our hearts. We ask you to continue to grow in us. We ask you to continue to grow in this church, continue to anoint our lives. Lord, be with us the rest of this service. Help us to open our hearts and our ears to you, to your message. And, and Lord, we ask you to continue to be with those that can't be with us today protect and protect them. In your precious name we pray. Amen. If you were encouraged by this message and you would like to connect with Ephesus Church or you would like to get in contact with the leadership of this church, please visit ephesuschurch.com. Thank you for being a part 